So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta podcast. I'm here with uh, yoga enthusiast as well as uh, software executive badass uh, Butler Reigns. Guys, this guy's incredible. He's doing a lot of things, and, and what's really cool, I love getting people like Butler on the show because the it, the diversity and skill set and knowledge is is awesome to see so butler without further ado how you doing my man i'm I'm doing well man and i'm flattered by that opening you're too kind thank you yeah well you know i hope i did it justice because you know like we were talking a little bit about the show guys and i'm excited to bring butler on because he is just a wealth of knowledge as it pertains to yoga he is a wealth of knowledge as it pertains to uh, product design so if you have any questions about that i'm sure you can reach out to him on that too but um not necessarily the point of this show but like he's he's just very passionate about a lot of different things i've had the opportunity to talk to him in the clinic as well he's i've got a vast background in art which is wild and and crazy cool um so just a wealth of knowledge and so um butler i guess with with um for our audience here, can you just kind of give a background of, of who you are and kind of like how you got into yoga of all things? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I and mean, that's a loaded question. <laughs> loaded question, but I'm going to, I'm going to break it. I'm going to break yeah. it. Give me the Let's truth. Hear it. Uh, so who am I? Uh, hey, I'm just a, a country boy from middle Georgia, nice. you know, and, and I've had a very, very uh, uh, fortunate journey. Um, how, I came, how I came to yoga or to find a passion enthusiasm for yoga uh, I'm an addict in recovery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, one day out of desperation I was 240 pounds or so I was uh, drunk and just not well and yeah. I remember sitting above a garage in a room I rented out and googling up beginner's yoga yeah because I thought I thought it was the only kind of exercise I could possibly do because this Southern boy, his, his understanding of yoga was like, it was stretches that uh, people did at the health center at the hospital in his small town. And, yeah. and uh, boy, I had no idea what ride I was about to go on. And so I accidentally yeah. found a beginner's class in Ashtanga yoga, okay, uh, which is a very, very physical discipline. Yeah. Uh, Ashtanga just, yoga. Ashtanga, Ashtanga yoga. Okay. It's the eight limbs of yoga. If okay. You and um, part of the secret, man, is I just kept showing up. Had yeah. some teachers that had a lot of love in their heart. I just kept showing up, kept working it. Yeah. And great things began to happen. So I began to explore how yoga and the practice of yoga enabled me to recover mm-hmm. uh, from what was 
um, ailing me and then how it has helped me get to where I am today. That's awesome, man. What, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to talk to a couple of different people that have used exercise and fitness and wellness as a way to overcome personal battles. Um, so did you, did you originally kind of look up yoga as a way to get in better shape or was it a way to kind of help you battle your addiction or, or was that just an added bonus that kind of like bled into that scene as well? Yeah. Great question. It, it was an added bonus. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, again, I was very overweight, mm-hmm. uh, drinking constantly, which I know guys, you can't see Butler right now, but he is nowhere close to what? Two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nowhere near that right now. Uh, yeah. COVID definitely has a few pounds I'd like to shed off, but uh, <laughs> but thank you, thank you for telling your audience that. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was really like you know just feeling bad about yourself and like being uh, really overweight and, and and unhealthy, like sick looking. Yeah. And I, I just needed to start moving. For sure. Uh, I felt like it was it was like an internal calling. Now I had no idea how this would affect me uh, in recovery and mm-hmm. getting sober. And mm-hmm. that's really the, the magic of yoga. And I, not to you know, play into um, all the normal things people say about yoga, but you know, the, mind, the body-mind connection is a real There's thing. a huge component for sure. And in particular, the style I do, and I think this is often lost in yoga in the West, um, is it's about showing up every day. Yeah. Right. You show up every day and you tell your mind, I am doing this Mm -hmm. every day. And the the trick with a shock is it's the same poses every day. Okay. Every day. Wow. And so you have how many poses? Um you do about an hour and a half of poses. It depends on it it depends on where you enter the practice. So for me, 240 pounds, alcoholic, just had entered recovery for drug addiction. Yeah. Um it was five poses I did every day. Yeah. Right. I walk in, set up, teacher helps me through those five. Now I'm practicing an hour and a half. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, just breathe in, breathe out, move, you know, 50 something poses Yeah. Uh, that, that you work through a lot of acrobatics. Uh, oh, as best as I can do that for 44, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, that that's the, that's the part you didn't know. And that's the, that's why I'm so fascinated with it as a subject is because now, so this happened. Yeah. Like I was out of shape. I go into this yoga shala who had, and, and started doing these same five poses every day. Then I got six, then I got seven and my breathing got better. And all of a sudden I started really being like, I think I can be completely sober. I think I can quit drinking. I think I can improve this. I started reading again. I started writing again rewind or not rewind, but pause, I pick up the yoga sutras of Patanjali, the Bible of yoga. Okay. Yeah. Written ages ago. Mm -hmm. And you read it and it describes exactly what happened to me. Really? It's just like, it was like reading, like if you do these things, these things are going to happen. And you're like, there's no denying it. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. It's, it's, it's always so, um, a surreal experience, I guess you can say when, especially like, you know, in, in the world of healthcare and wellness and, and, and fitness, there's a lot of literature that's written or a lot of things that people say, but when you experience it to a T like that, it's, it's really almost gives you chills, you know, especially like when you read what kind of happened on your end of one experiment there, you know? Dude, I remember 
Yes, I remember it like it was yesterday. So I, I had tried, you know, you go, you start yoga, you get a little bit, you know, as anything you start, you like, you get a little bit more interested in it. I've tried to read the yoga sutras. I'm like, this is esoteric. Uh, <laughs> this sounds like Willy Wonka to me. Yeah. <laughs> but then as I practiced for years, really with the only goal of, I didn't want to be overweight and I wanted to become more attractive and a bit healthier. For sure. But then all these other changes started happening. And then randomly one day I picked it up. Mm-hmm. and I started reading it and it all made sense. And I'm like, it made yeah. sense because I experienced it. For sure. The timing was right. The okay. timing is right. Timing is everything just about everything in life. <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, like, it's like the timing of finding a great physical therapist. Hey, you know, <laughs> COVID has its, COVID had its purpose, right? No. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. So how long have you been practicing yoga then? Mm. Oh man. So, so wrapped up in my story. Uh, I want to say five years, four and a half years, somewhere in there. I have to, I have yeah. to go back and look, man. It's uh, that's great. Four, so four, we'll call it somewhere anywhere between four and five years. Then four. To yeah, six yeah, years yeah. Years. absolutely. Yeah. So that mindset of just showing up, and and it's hard to dedicate your your brain space to anything for an hour and a half at a time, especially like like truly being dialed in. You know, like yeah. I think people will be amazed at what you can accomplish when you can focus on one thing and one like truly like in a deep mind mindset process for an hour hour and a half at a time can can accomplish a lot and to do that every day can be fatiguing absolutely so do you find that your practice and being able to do that has led to your ability to kind of like branch out into some of these other things that you've become so um dedicated and, and good at you know uh, i might offer a different way to look at it i god this might sound even cheesy but i i, I can kind of <laughs> I can, uh, I can kind of see the yoga and the other things. Yeah. Uh, so for instance, uh, I, in the same way, like I didn't, uh, I didn't have an appreciation of art. Sure. Yeah, I, I, grew, I grew up in a, again, a small Southern Georgia town and wasn't exposed to it. I came to Atlanta and uh, I was interested, but I didn't know how to like get the scene and all these fears you have about going to try something new. And yeah. What, where, I, where I really found my love for art was going to galleries and not, you know, a gallery might just be one room. Yeah. Someone's showing their art. And it's not just going in and having a beer and walking through and shaking hands and walking out, but like stopping, mm-hmm. really stopping and looking and absorbing the piece that was in front of you. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's kind of what yoga teaches you. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you, how do you focus and concentrate on what you're doing, what's in front of you, shutting out everything else. Yeah. Right. So kind of found that centering, uh, if yeah. you will. And so, you know, that that's how those two things are related. And then, and then other things like it's, it's so much of this yoga philosophy. I'm sure you see it with athletes who get in flow and for sure things like that. It's, it's really just teaching yourself, training yourself that you can, you can control your mind. You don't have to be distracted by every little thing that comes by. Like that's what, that's what the world does to us. Right. Like sure. you're talking to you, I'm glancing at my phone, <laughs> this, that, and the other. Um, but you can train your mind to focus. Yeah. And so a lot of times if people are starting out in yoga and I work with, um, I'm the, I'm the president of the board of a nonprofit called the Trini foundation that we give scholarships to people in recovery, uh, so they can go to yoga classes. Awesome. Right, because we know that a lot of us on the board or part of the organization have are in recovery. We know 
that is about retraining or rewiring your mind. And so yeah. I often say, with yoga, you just show up. Yeah. I don't care if you do 50 poses. I don't care if you do it for an hour and a half. I don't care if you do it for 30 minutes. You show up to the top of your mat, you might just put your hands in prayer, you might just raise your hands. It doesn't matter. The simple act that you've committed to showing up and you showed up teaches your mind you're in control. For sure. Anyway. For sure. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, you know, what's really interesting about yoga and, and really just about, it's, it's so interesting to me where in the world of fitness and wellness and health, all these different disciplines try to act about, try to talk about how different they are, you know, and, and discredit other arenas of thought or try to discredit other things. But, you know, uh, as the world evolves, we, we see more and more overlap in thought process. And yoga is no different from, so like, you know, you take the, like the breath work that you're talking about uh, when you do yoga, like that's a huge part of sports performance now, you know, and that's a huge part that, uh, that especially like sports psychologists or um, there's this course called art of breath. I've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast, but um, they, they teach you how to like, you know, use different breathing techniques to control your breath. And, and to a lot of people, myself included, when I first took the course, kind of groundbreaking, right? But then you start diving into the research, like, like, holy shit, this has been practicing for centuries. <laughs> Yeah, and other absolutely. disciplines, you know, like things like yoga or, or you know, um, Pilates even just to some degree, which is just, you know, um, a different variation, I guess you can say. But um, with, do you notice, do you, do you dive into any other forms of fitness other than yoga at this point? Or because um, I know you worked out at, at my buddy, uh, my buddy Sam's place, or at least you know Sam and you know uh, Smokes Fitness. Um, do, do, you, do you dive into that weight training at all? Or, or do you like to stick with yoga? No wrong. I mean, I'll throw, I'll throw some kettlebells every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, if, I, if I may expand on that a little bit, I think yeah. you'll find this interesting. For sure. So, uh, you know, you've been helping me um, with some of my movement and mobility. So thank you for that. Of course. And, but you might ask, someone might ask, well, why, why would someone who practices yoga for years and has a somewhat daily practice, why would they need the help of a mobility coach? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, yoga has been practiced for thousands of years. Yeah. Uh, but the, we are different as humans, right? We sit in front of a desk and I've been in this chair since eight o'clock this morning. Don't, don't tell my doctor. Um, <laughs> right. And you know, and your, your shoulders are down and you, you don't have strength in the areas you might say, even in the seventies when, when yoga was really discovered and brought to the West, when you discovered mm-hmm. in the West. And so you can go do these things all day long, but sometimes you're blocked. One of the things we're working on right now is uh, my internal hip rotation, right? Yeah. So four years of practicing yoga, flexible as all get out, have a hard time forward folding. Yeah. Right. Uh, and as long as that's blocked, that's not going to change. For sure. Right. And so sometimes you need that additional support. And also, it also applies to strength training. You do a lot of where people really get hurt, especially in Ashtanga and other kind of like power yogas, is doing chaturanga. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. so push up with your elbows by your side, if you will. Yeah. Right. Always get hurt. They get hurt because there's most people's shoulders kind of come forward and you're just yeah. like pounding away at your, uh, what's your bicep tendon there? Or yep. Yep. Probably yeah, your bicep tendon right there. Yep. Right. And so, or you, you don't have a, the strength, um, you have to help me here. What's this called? Um, and you're like your, serratus anterior. Your yes. Left. Right. Your serratus. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. And so you need to do strength training. Yeah. Right. To keep yourself from getting hurt in something that's supposed to be super helpful like yoga. Yeah. 
right? And so there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap there. Like uh, I think people can think yoga fixes everything. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not true, right? <laughs> sure. uh, it is it is a practice as a method that can be super helpful, but you also have to take care of your body. Part of taking care of is education, yeah, right? And so learning how your body should move, learning where you might have deficiencies in strength mm-hmm. to go support whatever practice you need to do. I think it's kind of akin to like you yeah. weight train to play football better, basketball better, football better. Yeah. Right. Sure. So short answer is, you know, I swing some kettlebells. <laughs> I do, uh, I do some exercises that kind of help open me up and, um, yeah. And I think it's very complimentary. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, I think, um, you know, it's really interesting and I get it to a point like, with youth athletes, you, it's, it's almost redundant at this point, how much we hear, like, don't specialize early, you know, kids these days are specializing too early. And, uh, you know, you need to be a multi-sport athlete, you know, helps your athleticism, helps with injury prevention, um, helps with creativity, um, all these different things. And then what do we do as, as adults? We specialize (laughs) into the fitness realm that we love the most. And I get it. We're all adults. We have very busy lives. We've got an hour, maybe an hour and a half to ourselves if you're lucky. And then, um, and you're and with that time frame, if you're going to, if you're going to do something for you, you typically want to do what you are good at or what you enjoy to do. So, you know, say I take, um, someone with a, one of some of the power lifters that I work with and I try to tell them like, all right, I want you to go do an hour and a half of yoga, you know, like they're going to mm-hmm. look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and, uh, but there's components of it where it is super beneficial for a power lifter to have some more, especially like a sport, like Olympic lifting. Let's take that for example. There's a ton of mobility that's required and demanded out of that sport. So if you're not trying to do some type of cross training, if you will, and uh, cause that street goes both ways, you know, we hear it all, all the time. You can't go wrong going, or you can't go wrong getting strong, right? Like uh, strength training fixes everything. It does for sure. Um, but it's a, but it's definitely a two way street. And f- in terms of, you should be a little bit, you should be able to run a little bit. If you're a runner, it's going to help with your aerobic capacity. Uh, you should be able to have some good mobility as a, as a weight, as a, an Olympic lifter, as a, or somebody who focuses predominantly on weight training. And a lot of time that's where these yoga positions and these yoga styles come into play. Um, yeah, and if I might riff on that a bit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously the asana, the poses in yoga can help open you up, can help mobility. A lot of things we do, um, at your place, like can be mimicked in some of the poses and bring awareness. But we focus a lot on asana and yoga poses because that's your entry point to yoga. Yeah. Like you go, you go to the studio, you take a yoga class, you start you're raising your hand, you start falling over uh, yeah. all things. But as you progress in yoga, uh, asana, pranayama, which is breathing, mm-hmm. pranayahara, which is withdrawal senses, dhyana, which is concentration. So you're actually using the poses to kind of climb this ladder, if you will, to get to a point of ultimate concentration. Okay. Love it. Right? Yeah. But you can find that in any exercise, any fitness routine, anything like that that you enjoy, right? Yeah. Uh, Getting, like, if you love swinging kettlebells, Mm -hmm. right, can you do it with proper breath can you do it without being distracted by everything in the gym can you get in the state of focus that calms your mind and and helps you find kind of this inner innerness inner peace if you will for sure oh my gosh it's super interesting i never thought of it that way in terms of like um using yoga as a technique or a strategy for 
focusing on a movement strategy. So <laughs> that's well, so, that carried over in just about damn near anything that you do. Yeah, the, the second sutra of the yoga, the second sutra in yoga sutra of Patanjali, uh, yoga is the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind. It says nothing about poses, yeah. exercise, nothing. Yeah. It's about using these poses, your breathing, withdrawal from senses, so you can reach a state of concentration. That's, that's the goal. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and so you can do these things no matter what your movement is. For sure. Right, but can mm -hmm. you control your breathing mm -hmm. while you're moving? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Can, can you cease to be distracted by other things while you're moving? Anyway. So this may sound ignorant, I guess, but is there in that, in that series of flow that you're kind of talking about there in terms of getting to a total concentration um, or total like centeredness, I guess you can say, yeah. what you're doing, what is that driven from um, like meditation techniques or meditative techniques? Or is, is that a huge, is meditation a part of yoga or are those two different things? That it's very much a part. Where, where it might be different from what people usually ascribe to meditation is, um, so if you think of the eight limbs of, of yoga, mm -hmm. uh, so most people are familiar, we're just starting with most people are familiar with the poses, asana, pranayama, breathing control, pranayahara, withdrawal from the senses, dhyana, uh, which is concentration, dharana, which is meditation, and it's samadhi, which is you're absorbed into the universe. And so meditation is a piece mm. of, of yoga. Yeah. Okay. Right. But, it, but the way yoga describes it is it's also different from just concentration. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's the next step. Okay. okay. If you will. So you yeah. concentration, Diana is like, I look at a flame and I just stare at it. The goal in doing that is, I'm not seeing the things around me. I'm, I am basically teaching my mind. I can just stare mm -hmm. at this thing and not be distracted. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. That, yeah, then the next step, Diana is um, the object of which I'm concentrating is myself. Okay. Interesting. So you don't need the external object to, to focus, to focus on. on your, you just focus. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Dude, that has to take some practice. There's no way you just jump into a class like, boom, got it. But that's the thing. That, that's the whole secret. It's always, always practice. Yeah. It's, it's just practice. You don't, you don't achieve it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's, just, that's speaking my language up. there. You yeah. just show up. Yeah. That's great. So is there – so obviously you can become a, like a, an instructor or a coach or, or, or a quote, quote, guru with yoga, but like – what, are there levels of like, is it like, is, is it like karate where there's, there's levels and belts, <laughs> maybe not belts, but are there levels of yoga expertise that you try to like, you're like, I can do this pose and I can become a flame. Is that like yellow belt? <laughs> so, so no. And yes. Uh, and, and, and let me, let me, let me talk about it a bit. Um, Ashtanga especially. So there, there's benefit to all yoga, if you will. And there's a lot of different styles. Um, Ashtanga is, it has a levels, series that you, I'm in primary series. I practiced that for four years. My teacher says, well, go to second series. Um, and there is pride in that, which you probably wish you didn't have, but it's like, I do second series, so I don't do primary Competitive, series. man. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. But the idea is like, could you suspend that? Mm -hmm. The idea is if I just wanted to 
go in my the other room, lay down my mat, and do sun salutations for an hour with extreme with extreme focus and concentration. That's good enough. I should not be attached to what series I'm in, what level I'm on. For sure. Yeah. That's right. And so, in many ways, it, I don't think you should you should ever judge yourself, but you would want to judge yourself like how well did I concentrate? How well did I breathe? How well was I not distracted by things outside of what I was doing versus how complex is the pose mm-hmm. that I do? Yeah. Not, you see that there's a, there's a nuance there, right? For sure. Yeah. Cause it's not a, I love it because you're focusing more on the process and being like savagely good at the fund at the foundations versus yeah. trying to like just do something cool for your Instagram essentially. That's right. Well, a simple model for this is you talked about breathing earlier. So if you, if you yeah. take breathing as kind of the, the, uh, the gateway between poses and meditation, let's make it simple. Okay. Those are kind of two things yoga is known for poses and meditation. But yeah. breathing is kind of the, the, the gate. For sure. Um, so take, remember me, 240 pounds of going to Charlotte for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could barely do a sun salutation without breaking out into sweat. Yeah. Right? But if I keep doing that over time, I start breathing comfortably in it. Now that I can breathe comfortably, I can concentrate in it. I can calm my mind. Yeah. That is kind of, I, I hate to talk about this, but that is yoga, if you will. For sure. Right? You, yeah. get, you get the more complex pose because you want to train yourself to be able to breathe in that pose. Yeah. So you can train yourself to calm your mind in that pose. Love so it. you can reach that next state. Yeah. Right. And so really the complexity of the poses in many ways are just tools. Mm-hmm. So you convince your mind, I can breathe through this and I can focus through this. Yeah. And whatever's going on outside of me is irrelevant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. I think, uh, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty wild what you can, how dialed in you can get or how hard it is to think about other things when you can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, but take, take that to your everyday life. Yeah. Right? Uh, something happens, drink too much coffee, someone excites you, get fight or flight. Then all of a sudden you're making really rash decisions or reacting to things. And what you want to do is like calm yourself. And yeah breathe so you can focus and make good choices yeah yeah i love that i think um i think it was ncs atlanta neighborhood charter schools or something like that where they were talking about or somebody was telling me that they and this is all secondhand knowledge is in firsthand experience so if i'm wrong on this ncs if anybody's listening i'm sorry but uh like the um the teachers there's there's almost like a rule where the kids had to do if they're angry at someone or they're going to like tattle on someone or they're mad about something, right. They had to do like four box breathing patterns and then they were allowed to kind of tattle on the, but like what would happen is a lot of times the kid would lose interest or they would not be angry or they would talk and they would be a little bit more uh, comprehensive in their speech. And it was just, it's, I love that because you're so right. Like the first thing we do when we get angry is we get in that fight or flight. We start breathing into our chest, using our, using our scalenes, things like that. Yeah, that's right. And uh, using very short breaths. And if we can control that a little bit better, then our decision-making process becomes a lot easier. You, uh, yeah, absolutely. You see me, I, I just picked up my uh, copy of the Yoga Sutras here. Uh, you said something a minute ago, you're talking to your audience. You're like, if I'm wrong here, like, correct me. I, yeah. I'm, I fear I got Diana and Narana wrong. So I'm like, I want to oh, correct yeah. it before, 
before I get off the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would not know the difference. So you, you, sounded, you sounded great to me. <laughs> well, I study it all the time. It's more to hold myself accountable. But, uh, for sure. For sure. I get that, man. Um, Butler, dude. So I, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you've been in that chair all day. So I want to give you some, give, let you enjoy your evening a little bit. But um, if anybody wanted to find out more about like, so, I mean, you're, you're on the board of a lot of cool things. What was the board that you said you're a part of with that does the, um, that has like the foundation or the, or the uh, fundraisers or the. Um, yeah. Um, Trini Foundation, T-R-I-N-I. Okay. So Trini is three in Sanskrit. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it was started by my yoga teacher, one of my yoga teachers, Taylor Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a podcast as well, uh, where he talks to uh, people in recovery and, and other yogis. Um, and again, we, what we do is we raise money so that we can provide uh, yoga classes to people starting recovery. Yeah. And so it supplements uh, a recovery program or Alcoholics Anonymous or something like that. Love it. Love it. So then if somebody wanted to reach out to you, say, um, you know, if they wanted to use yoga to kind of help them with, with their recovery process, or if they just wanted to find a badass uh, dude who, who is super knowledgeable on the topic of yoga, what'd be a great way, if you want to, what'd be a great way for somebody to be able to reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you, uh, if I can help you in any way, um, no matter what the topic, uh, LinkedIn's a great Butler Reigns on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, just my name is my handle. And so I, I encourage anyone, especially especially if you're struggling um, with some type of addiction or, or kind of what we call sober curious, yeah. uh, you know, if that's something that interests you and you can't figure out how to solve for it, I'm, I'm usually keen to speak with people and I'm always keen to speak with people and, and kind of help them see that it's possible. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, it's not, uh, I, I judge no one, anybody, I, I, you know, anybody wants to drink, whatever you want to do, that's cool. But if some people get to a point in their life where they want to change that and they feel like kind of the world tells them they can't. Yeah. Uh, and what I like to do is kind of put a message out there that it is real possible. It's really possible. Yeah. Uh, so thanks well, for giving me the space to say that. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Uh, Butler, I mean, you're doing great things for the, for, for the community of Atlanta really. And I'm happy to get you on the podcast. Love being able to give you a platform to be able to kind of speak on that and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, my man. Hey man, thanks for having me. Super fun. Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.